Church Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so glad that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number four. Hey, uh, just real quick before we dive in, I just want to say thank you. It's been so cool to see everyone's response to the podcast thus far. I've been getting a lot of really cool thoughts and, and comments and stuff like that through Instagram and Facebook and uh, just want to say thanks. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking it. Thanks for commenting and giving me stars on iTunes and all that good stuff and all the different platforms. I really, really do appreciate it. I'm really excited to be able to continue to dive into what God's Word is teaching me, and hopefully it will help encourage you as well. Um when my son Cooper, if you listen to the introduction podcast, um, that's the very first one that we put out. Uh, my son Cooper, when he was eight years old, got diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, that was an incredibly difficult period of time for my my wife and I. And I was running around like crazy. I mean, seriously, like I was I had started a nonprofit to build wells in India. I was the chairman of a board for another nonprofit. I was uh, I, I had started another nonprofit, apparently loving nonprofits. I was doing a, a decent amount of speaking, you know, and then I didn't miss a single uh, single hospital visit. So I was kind of crazy. So when Cooper got diagnosed, it was uh, and I don't mean this to sound as crass as it's going to sound, but it was incredibly inconvenient. Like I had all these really cool things going on. It's like, oh man. And so it really hit an emergency break for me. And not just that in my schedule and the different things I had going on, but it also hit an emergency break in my faith. You know, I think I had grown up believing like, look, as long as I continue to be faithful and obedient, follow after God to the best of my ability, stuff's going to work out. And when he got diagnosed with leukemia, I hit a wall. I mean, I hit a faith wall. Like, I don't know where to go. I felt lost. I felt frustrated. You know, I, you know, it wasn't like when I was a kid and my mom had uh, left my dad. This felt completely different. I just felt like the rug had been pulled completely out from underneath me. I don't know if you've felt that way. If you've ever come to a place where you just feel like I'm, I'm done. Like I, I have no idea what is happening right now. I'm so confused. And so I remember pretty shortly after Coop was diagnosed, uh, just constantly being in conversation with God, but it was just like, what is going on? Just angry, frustrated, hurt, confused. And so uh, I decided to go for a run. Now, here's the thing. I am not a runner at all, like at all. I think the idea of running sounds amazing. Maybe some of you are like, running's the best. Running sounds great until you actually do it. I'm one of those people that about three blocks in have my hand behind my head, just gasping for air. One of those hot mess runners, that's me. And so I decided I'm gonna go for a run because I gotta get out whatever I've got going on inside. So I start running around uh, our, our neighborhood and I start taking off and I'm running and I'm running. And all of a sudden I start yelling at God, why are you allowing this to happen? I mean, I, I must have looked like a lunatic running, but I'm really frustrated and trying to figure it out. And so I'm running and I'm, I'm, I'm yelling and I'm crying. I was just heartbroken. And I didn't know what to do. And I'm telling you, the moment that happened, I immediately had this vision of Abraham. If you know the story of Abraham, Abraham was given Isaac, promised Isaac. He finally gets him. And God says, uh, I want you to go sacrifice your son. 
And so Abraham carries his son up this hill, up this mountain. And I had that picture in my mind, but it was me and I was carrying Cooper and he was sleeping. And I have this vision, I'm carrying him up this hill and God says, I want you to lay him down. The same way I told Abraham to lay down Isaac, I want you to lay down Cooper. And I remember yelling at God, no, he's mine. You gave him to me. You can't do this. And he just said, trust me, trust me. And I, I, I'm not, I can, I don't remember a ton of things, but this was vivid. Like I remember laying Cooper down on this altar and God saying, I'm, he's not going to die. I'm going to prepare a way. And, and I just weeped and I screamed and I cried. I was heartbroken. But somewhere in the midst of that, I felt a sense of peace. And I really feel like that was a part of my initial move of faith back into trusting and believing that God was going to he is in control and he was going to be by my side no matter what is going to happen. And so uh, this last week, as I was reading in the Psalms, I came to Psalms 52 or 55, 22. And it says this, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. How beautiful. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Isn't that a beautiful Psalm? Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Maybe just for a moment, just what do you got going on right now? What's going on in your heart and your soul? What is overwhelming for you right now? Let this passage permeate it. And so as I read this passage, my initial response was, this is so comforting, right? Oh my gosh, I just got to cast my burdens on the Lord and he'll sustain me. This is fantastic. This is great. Oh, good. Because I was feeling overwhelmed about this or that, whatever you got going on, right? Cast it on. Then as I started thinking about the passage a little bit more, I started to feel really challenged, like really overwhelmed because I started realizing that I am a consumer of God's sustainment, right? Just give me more, comfort me, bless me, care for me, and whatever whatever I got going on, you got to take care of. And so I started realizing like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a consumer of God's sustainment because what I didn't want to do is move on through the passage because the passage, the second part of this passage is, is actually the real deal. It's going like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash your burdens on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And I was like pausing at that moment going, oh, man the righteous? And then I'm asking the question, wait a second, am I righteous? Because those are the people that he's sustaining. Those are the people that are really understanding what God is doing. And so I started working through that. And I said, God, I'm doing my best to be righteous. I'm doing my best. But what does that mean? What does that actually mean? And it brought me to start thinking through Matthew 7, 24 through 27. You can read that passage a little bit later. But in that passage, Jesus gets done teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon that's ever been taught. 
really, really amazing. I mean, please take some time and read in Matthew 5 all the way through chapter 7 to 24 through 27, because it ends with this idea of going, listen, you've heard all these words, all these things that I've been telling you about what it means to live in my upside down world, right? Because we have an we believe we know what's right and what's right side. But as we learned in the first podcast, no, who can make straight what God has made crooked, right? And so he's trying to adjust that for us in, in throughout the Sermon of the Mount. And so he starts off this passage by saying, hey, if you've listened to what I've been saying, if you've listened to the words that I've been teaching you, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to show you what righteousness looks like. Then let me tell you about the people that actually take that to heart. Let me tell you what wise a.k.a. the righteous do. Let me tell you about what they do. They build their house on a rock. They build their house, their foundation, everything they are, they build it on God, on God's plan for God's glory, for His renown. They do it for them, not for themselves. Because if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, you start finding out, well, no, you can't do that. You can't. It's not about you. That whole passage is all about God and all about others, pulling us back in the first and greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the New Living says it, and it's as equally important to love others as yourself. So he's saying the wise are these people that have built themselves on the wisdom of God for the glory of God. And when they do that, when the hard times come, they don't fall apart. They stay strong because their foundation is found in Him. And I wonder for you, is a part of the reason that you don't sense the sustaining power of God in the midst of your burden is because what we really have is a righteousness problem, a putting God in his right place problem. And so when the storms of life start swooping in, we fall apart. Man, so often that has been true in my life because in this story with Cooper, I had built my life on doing all the right things about reading the Bible, right? And not that reading the Bible was wrong. It's, it's good. It, I just had a checkbox, right? Going to church, checkbox. Being a pastor, checkbox. Starting a nonprofit, checkbox. Caring and loving for India, checkbox, right? Being a good husband to the best of my ability, checkbox. Being a good father, checkbox, 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 checkbox. And he was going, nah, nah, you have placed all your value all your worth in those things. And you're trying to negotiate with the God of the universe. Like, I'm going to do this for you, God, and you're going to do this for me. And it's why when that difficult storm came in my life, I fell apart because that's what the foolish do. The foolish put all their chips in human logic. They put all their chips in human plans for human glory. 
It's only the righteous that stand. It's only the righteous that as they cast their burden on the Lord, that he really sustains them because they understand it's him and it's for his glory. And that's why he says, hey, check this out. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Why? Because their foundation is found in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If we are living an obedient life in Christ, then we can take comfort in being sustained and strong no matter what. If we are living an obedient life in Christ, then we can take comfort in being sustained and strong no matter what hits us. Because we know that we're on a firm foundation. We are following after him to the best of our ability, which means we find ourselves repenting on that front porch. What I find myself doing more than anything else right now is, oh God, you love me. Thank you. But I am so sorry that I continue to fail that I continue to make mistakes. Like Paul says, why do I do what I shouldn't do? Why do I do what I sh- Why do I do what I shouldn't do? And why do I don't do what I know I should do? Right? Why is this happening to me? Because I continue to be like, as Isaiah says, a man of unclean lips. And I'm realizing that more and more about myself. Why? Because I want to pursue after that righteousness. And I want to receive and live in the grace that he has given to me. And I hope that is true of you as well, is that we are co-laborers together in this, right? That we are working through it together. That we're not just hearing the words of God, but that we're actually living them out. And then as we live them out, we find ourselves in a, in a place of repentance. And as we find ourselves in a place of repentance about, about putting who God is, where he belongs, you are God, I'm not. Then we find ourselves on firm foundation and we won't be moved. And that's where our burdens can become light because he says, cast that on me, cast that on me. I'm in control. I know what you're going through. I know how this is going to work out in the end. Trust me. So are we a consumer of God's rescue? Are we living like we've been rescued? Are we a consumer of God's rescue? Or are we living like we have been rescued? I don't know about you, but I want to live like I've been rescued. I want to be on that sure foundation found in his grace, in his uh, grace and his mercy for his glory. So may the God of grace and mercy be faithful to sustain us as we learn to live into that grace rather than abuse it. I hope this has been really challenging for you. It, it, it's been an incredibly challenging passage for me, especially on the front end thinking like, oh, this is great. And then realizing, oh my gosh, am I righteous? Like, I hope that's a convicting thought for you today as you go throughout your day. And just a reminder that again, this podcast is just a catalyst. Go deeper into the passage, study it for yourself, learn more about what God is trying to teach us through his word. Uh, And again, 
Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for sharing this on social media. So many of you put this in your story. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for reviewing it. I really, really do appreciate it and rating it, all that great stuff. Really do appreciate it. And you have an awesome day today.